Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nintendo Fanboys. I'm here with the glorious Steven, who's been reading up on some political issues, and he's uh, he's really determined to take all the farmers and start a war. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is... I don't know how much you want me to talk about this, because I've been uh, back into wrestling lately a lot. I've been watching like five, six hours of wrestling every week, because I, I bought the WW Network, which is like, for $12 a month, you get like... Tons of programming, plus you get access to all their pay-per-views for free. So it's a really ridiculous deal when you think about it. And there's a huge controversy right now because they're scheduled to head to Saudi Arabia on November the 2nd for a pay-per-view called Crown Jewel. And many people are saying they should not go because of what the, the, what happened lately. Basically, like... Uh, a, journal, a journalist was last seen entering uh, Saudi Arabia. What do you call those? Uh, you have those all around the world there. Consulates? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. From Turkey, I believe. Or, yeah, I'm not really sure. But that's the last time he was he, he was uh, seen. So implications are that he is probably dead. He was also one of the uh, a, a, a real critique of the crown prince or whatever he's called. I'm not really familiar with that. That's why I don't want to talk about this too uh, too much. But I think he was also a U.S. citizen and he was working for the Washington Post, but I'm not sure. So if that, if the, if they can prove that, that's going to, that's going to be like quite, uh, quite a, a hot topic. I, I can see why. So if the issue right now is should WWE still go on with the pay-per-view and the reason is is that if this was any other country wwe would have pulled out the problem is they have like 40 i think it's 45 million just the crown prince they have it a 10-year deal with them and i think doing they do two pay-per-views a year and i think it's like 40 or 45 million dollars per pay-per-view and that doesn't even include the ticket sales and the pay-per-view revenue and whatnot so it's like them pulling out seems like a no-brainer, but at the same time, that's a lot of money. So it's, <laughs> and then I saw, I sent you that link, and like it's it's really really crazy what what is happening right now. And that's it. That's his story. So basically, if you're listening to this, Stephen just told you nothing. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. It's perfect. So I haven't been following up with anything, but I did want to. I just want to recap you guys on something that's going on. It's not directly Nintendo related, but I just wanted to let you guys know. So the Dragon Quest X playthrough, the series that's been going on for a number of years, um, we've we've basically run into quite a snag, and that is when I updated my phone, I did not know that the authenticator that Square Enix uses has to be deactivated on your old phone. And then, you know, put on your new phone. And I didn't know this. So the only way to remove the authentication from... It's like a security feature. So it makes it so much easier because I'm playing a Japanese game, right? What happens is every time I switch VPNs, I end up having to go to their Square Enix security site. I have to change my password. And I have to keep doing this over and over every single time you log in. With the authentication, you no longer have to do that. You just have to put this one-time password, and you're good to go. But because of this situation of upgrading my phone, 
and not realizing that this was going to happen, I now have to go through Square Enix's uh, customer service, which, as you can imagine, this is not easy, right? Because it's in Japan. So we have the community coming together. We have a lot of people. I don't want to name names because I'm going to miss someone. Um, there, there's the usual batch of, you know, like Cranberry and, and Mimas and uh, Maymay and those guys. But there's others, too, and that's why I don't want to go into too many details here. I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who's been trying to help out. I really, really appreciate it. And just in the last couple of days, we we realized that we might have the address. So in order to contact customer service, what happens is you have to be able to authenticate yourself, right? That you are the account owner. Now, the problem is if you go back and watch the Dragon Quest X beta Let's Play, the very first video I show you guys how to even install and download the beta. And the very first step is to create a Japanese Square Enix account. And I'm hoping that the information that I put there when I showed you guys, like with the address being a hotel and things like that, I'm hoping it's the same as what I used when I created my original Dragon Quest X um, Square Enix account. But I'm not certain. And if this doesn't work, it's basically the end of that series as we know it. It might live on. Cranberry has said that she'll run a new character to get me back up to that point so we can continue the story and stuff like that. And I'll probably take her up on that offer. It's just that it will forever be different, right? It's not going to be the same character. And I will have lost a lot of money. And I will have lost a lot of... uh, You know, like I'll essentially have lost my character, and that will be very, very sad. But uh, I haven't given up hope yet. Um, Maymay is going to try with the address that I just gave her to see if that will help. Because all it is is one button. They just have to press one button to remove the authenticator, and we're good to go. But alas, uh, so far she's been unsuccessful at verifying that, you know, the count is hers. So the last thing that we're going to try is basically to say you know, the truth and say that, you know, he's a North American who's playing the game, give the video links so that they can see like who I am and explain the whole situation. Now I even contacted Square Enix USA and get this, they even knew the series. I was speaking with a particular lady. I don't recall her name and she actually knew the series. She was actually talking about it when I explained like the whole thing and she could see that I had a Dragon Quest 10 Japanese account but she wasn't able to actually do anything. So what happens is Square Enix Japan blocks Square Enix USA from actually altering any of their their files. Now what's really interesting is that Square Enix Japan has full access to Square Enix USA and Square Enix uh, Europe. So I thought that was kind of uh, telling. So anyways, that's it. That's the only update I have. Uh, what about you, man? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? What's going on? Yeah, I haven't been playing anything lately Yeah. Uh... The last time we talked was two weeks ago, and I had just finished Mega Man 11, and until until like maybe yesterday, I have not played anything uh, on my end, which is surprising. There's a few games I've been wanting to uh, to play, but just it cost uh, a lot a lot of money. And last, I believe last April, I ended up buying a new uh, a new truck. And I wasn't planning on doing that until one year from from right now because in one year from right now, my car would have been finally paid off and my old truck was paid off many years ago. So I 
I wanted to do that, but unfortunately my old truck broke down and whatever the case happened, I had to buy a new one. And it just ended up that paying for two car cars at, at, at the same time is is a lot more than I expected. So I have a lot less income coming in. So I can't really afford anything right now because there's a few games I would like to uh, to try. And one of those is Blade Strangers, which came out a few months ago, which is a 2D fighter with... A lot of indie characters, and same thing with Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighters, whatever they want to call it. Seems pretty interesting. There's another game coming out soon that's called Moonlighter, I believe. I think it comes out at start of November, and it's it's kind of like a a link to the past done today, but with roguelike elements, which I don't I'm not really familiar with. I think you run your own shop. And you go explore dungeons to sell more stuff. I don't know what the roguelike elements are, but it, it looks pretty uh, interesting. But like I said, like it's going to be uh, while I have Pokemon coming up in November and Smash in December. And that's pretty much the only thing. Uh, even Spider-Man on PS4, like been really wanting to play that, but whatever the case may be. Super Mario Party is another one. My, a friend of mine bought it. And he invited me over last Saturday. I went there with a few friends and I had a blast playing that game. Really fun. Uh, really, it's nice that they went back to the classic party party style of game. The only thing with that game is, and this is so a Nintendo, it's not even like funny how how they can pull this stuff and not get like more heat on them. This game is not really online. They advertise it as online, but it's it's not. Like, you can play with your friends online a series of mini games. I believe it's ten or twenty. You put ten or twenty mini games in a basket, and then you you and up to four friends you play those mini games, and then at the end, I guess there's a winner. You can't actually play the board game with people, which is the only thing the the reason you play Mario Party is for that. All the other stuff is like bonus stuff. It's like if Smash Brothers was advertised as online, but all you could do with other people is play the mini games. Like that would have cut it, but they did it with Mario Party, and somehow, like I saw a few people complain about this, but barely anything on this issue. This is crazy, <laughs> especially since they're pushing for the Nintendo Online Network. They're they're pushing for your twenty dollars a year, and that's one of their major games, and that's how they treat them. Like I, I find that like. Uh, almost hilarious and that's nintendo for you dude i hope one day they change because this is crazy they've been doing that with the 3ds idols i was a heavy complainer when the mario party were released on that console because it did not have online the same thing with mario maker on the 3ds i thought that was just bs that there was no online on that but c'est la vie i guess and the other game i just started playing yesterday was luigi's mansion on the 3ds and yeah man I, I i'm almost done with it it's not it's a really really short game and it just remind reminded me of how much i love that game but it's not as i believe as up to par as luigi's mentioned too which was sublime the only issue i have is it, it controls like crap on the 3ds because you don't have two control sticks uh if you have the old 3ds and you have a control a control pad pro whatever circle pad pro whatever they called it I believe it might be better that way because that's actually two uh, control sticks. But with the 
little knob on the new 3ds like it does it simply does not work for that and i had played uh, metroid prime federation was called or whatever it was and a first person shooter i thought worked relatively really well with the knob but when it's not in first person i don't know what happened it's like i the game really really controls terrible and i don't remember this being the case when i played this on the gamecube in 2001 so maybe it was always like that but i really really doubt it so that's me my only gripe with the 3ds port uh it does have support the 3d visuals and those are fantastic i love it when they still support that feature like i've been playing it with the 3d slider all the way up and it's a nice uh, really nice feature that i love so that's pretty much it so basically probably gonna play more luigi's mansion be done with it in a while and then wait till pokemon comes up on november 16 that's pretty much it i'm out of money man well it's okay it's actually not bad man like what you just said is not bad in terms of the um the different games and stuff like that i mean november what 15 you said what did you just 16 16 okay so that's not that bad it's not that bad. It's about a month. So I, I miss Luigi's Mansion. I'd love to uh, to go back and play that. And I got to say, you know, I'm very proud of myself. I am very, 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 very proud of myself in the sense that, you know, I've been at school now for basically more than two months. I started in uh, August with the tutorials. So there was, you know, five weeks in August. Then we had September with the orientation. Well, actually, no, what am I saying? We had orientation in August. It was actually in July when we had the uh, the tutorials. And so, but really hardcore as of like the third week of August. So there was that. There was September. Now October is pretty much, you know, coming to an end. And I only have basically three weeks left of work. And then two weeks of hell, which are going to be presentations. I'll be living at the school literally till like 4 a.m. Like, it's going to be brutal. But, um, like, I'm proud of myself. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I have not touched a game in months. Like, the only thing that I have played is Dragon Quest X. And ever since we've had this issue, I haven't even played Dragon Quest X. So, I literally, I'm... Like I, I'm game free and it's, it's the, probably for the first time in man, you know, like I don't even know how long. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I thought that was interesting, you know, like for a guy like me, I thought that was really, really interesting to be game free for the first time in my life. And, and I wanted to compare and contrast that to like, you know. The, my other life <laughs> and it's funny because it's like you at first you miss it right like you really like i mean it depends on 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 your situation like if you got out of it like you you used to get gaming fatigue and you just stop for a while or like something would happen or not interest you or whatever and you'd, you'd stop but with me it was like it was out of necessity i didn't want to stop i just didn't have a choice because it's like you either fail and play your games or you succeed and play your games after. And I know that I will miss unbelievable games over these two years. I know that, you know, Spider-Man looks absolutely awesome, man. I would love to try that. 
you've got these 3DS games like Luigi's Mansion, like you're talking about. I'd love to revisit that. And by the way, the controls were fine on uh, GameCube. They, they were absolutely fine. One controlled your character, one controlled the, uh, the um, what is it, the vacuum there. So it was it was fine. I don't ever remember there being control issues with that game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and you know, there's going to be some heavy hitters next year as well. There's already been tons of stuff that like I I just haven't I haven't played, and it sucks. It does suck. I'd love to play this stuff, and I know I never will because after these two years, the you know like I'll probably you know, be playing something, who knows what, but it's like, you're not, like, the chances of you going back and playing when there's always so many new things coming up, I really, really doubt it. And it's interesting, though, because, like, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't really missed it too, too much, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm just so busy, like, your, your life is basically over, and it's, um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. There's a few games that I certainly wanted to check out that I know that I'm like, ah, oh, well, that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I'm not one of these guys. I don't think I'm going to be one of these guys. Like when the two years are done, then I'm like, okay, well, that's it. You know, I'm never going to go and play a game again. I don't, I don't. Why would I do that? That doesn't really make any sense. But anyways, um, it's going to be interesting once your break starts to see if during that break. If you go crazy and play like a few video games or if you actually don't actually feel the need to, we're going to see. I, I, I'm quite curious to see because that, that's been happening uh, a lot with me over the years is that when I, when I get free time a lot, I don't actually f- like get the craving to go back. I think you're a bit well, different because I, I think you're a bit more passionate about this than me because when you play a game, you usually like, crush that game if and i it, get into it and yeah. like you have you like a whole wide uh, group of gen- of gen- genres compared to me where like i basically play pokemon that's it and a few exceptions here and there but you you you, you over the years like i've seen you play games and i was like how the hell is he playing this which is why I should not have been surprised when you got addicted to Animal Crossing because like that's you you like games you've been like that all since you were very young and that's pretty cool uh, I, I think during your two weeks break or three weeks or one week or three minutes break whatever it will be I think you'll mm-hmm. you'll play a few games there and I hope you do because we have our game of the year coming up in a few months that I, I, I hope you at least play ten games this year, so we can. Make I that don't. Video. Yeah, I know. No, I, 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 think I have. You, the... I think you have played ten games though, because the first six uh, months of the year were pretty busy. You say that, but I've got the list here of what I bought. Okay, now I've got not everything has been updated. Okay, there's a few things that I didn't update. Like I didn't update. Um, uh, oh my gosh, what is it? Octopath Traveler is not on there, but I mean. There's Dragon Quest Builders, right? Mm-hmm. There were I uh, of games I played. I've got Dragon Quest Builders. That's the only one on the list. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a, a few more. I'm sure there is too. But you're this year. You won't be able to be a dick. This year, you're gonna have to help me because, like, I won't remember, man. Like, I, there's no way I played ten games this year. I don't think that's possible. But I, I, I agree with you. I really want to see. What happens? You should play when the I, messenger first. By the way, oh my god! 
I know that's what you were you've been telling me. Um, the the thing is though, I don't know how much time I actually have off. You see, what happens is after my final exam, which is the second week of November. Like by the second week of November, I'm done. Like I'm done, done, or third week, or something like that. I actually hold on a sec. I have it right here. Let's see. It is. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Never mind. So, classes really stop November 10th. Okay, November 10th. That's when you're like it. Really, it really is pretty much done. Uh, because November 16th and November 24th are, like I said, they're presentations. There is still, there's still stuff that you gotta do. There's still finance and, and all that, but that's pretty much that. Then the week of the, like Friday, November 30th and Saturday, December 1st. Saturday, December 1st, I have to present in front of the board of directors for four hours my, my, basically my solution to their problem. And this coming Saturday, I meet with the company. It's actually Indigo. I know it early. One of my friends uh, leaked it to me. And Indigo, do you know what Indigo is? Is, is that uh, like a website that creates websites? It's actually a bookstore. It used to be like chapters <laughs> and stuff like that. Okay, so I wasn't even close. So this this lady, she has been tasked with basically creating a new consumer segment for indigo and so my group and and the other teams we have to come up with a way of doing that okay which is going to be most interesting and so we find out october 27th we find out okay then november 16th we we present our preliminary like you know findings to the professor and then december 1st we present it in front of the board of directors then on Friday, December 7th, we have our final from 8 to 10 for finance. And then that's it. Now, I say that's it, right? However, Saturday, December 8th, from 10 till 3.15, ugh, it's going to be brutal. There's tutorials for statistics, and we have to do a statistics exam by the end of uh, December. So chances are I'm not going to have anywhere near as much, um, you know, much time as I actually want. But next, it's going to be next year. Next year is going to be the real test because next year I get three months off. And from what, what I was told, that is the highest dropout rate of this particular program because people like miss their kids they miss their family their husbands their wives and all that jazz and when you're off for three months that's a substantial amount of time and to be off and then realize you know like in a week you're like oh man i'm going back to hell and so a lot of people leave the program at that time hmm. okay so uh do you want to go first yeah, yeah. with your topic or do you sure. want me to go i'll go go for it so, my topic is about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. That's surprising, I know. And it's... I'm going to go on another rant here. And it's going to be a Steven epic rant, so it's going to be very, very polite and stuff. 
but <laughs> like a true Canadian, yeah, like a true Canadian. Like I say, we're going, we're, we're doing rants, but really, we're apologi- apologizing every two seconds about doing that rant. But <laughs> if you've been listening to our podcast and whatnot, you know that I'm not really particularly uh, excited about these games. Like Pokemon is my favorite franchise. So I will play these games when they come out and hopefully enjoy them. I'm pretty sure I will find some kind of enjoyment out of the out of them. But really worried about this the future of the franchise and the direction the Pokemon Company is taking with this game. And they haven't really uh, done anything to uh, prove me otherwise. Especially this week when they've announced basically what I think will be the main or the only post-game content. I I would be surprised if there would be much more to this. And that are Master Trainers. So basically there will be 150 or 151 Master Trainers that you can only defeat or challenge once you become champion of the Elite Four. And those that, that if if you hear 150 or 151, that should sound very uh, similar to you because how many Pokemon are are in Gen 1? It's 151, no? Exactly. So each of these master trainers will have one and only one Pokemon. And you will challenge, it, challenge them. Let's say one uh, master trainer has a Charizard. You can only challenge him with a Charizard. And I think, like, from the video, that Charizard he had was level 75. So I'm not sure if every Pokemon will be level 75. But basically, the way they're marketing this is as a way to please the hardcore fans by saying, look, we're giving you something tough to accomplish. We're giving you something hard uh, for you guys who always say the games are too easy. My real issue with this is that I don't think the Pokemon company fully realize or fully even understands their own product. Because what fun or challenge is there to in advance knowing exactly what your opponent has and having to use that own Pokemon against him? Why would I want to fight a Charizard with a Charizard? As a a Pokemon-like expert... Well, expert, that's debatable, but I know that Charizard is weak to rock. I know he's weak to water. I know he's weak to electricity. I know he's weak to uh, tons of things, like other things too. But that's the point. Like he, They say these Charizards or these uh, Pokemon will have moves you don't expect them to. So basically, these Charizards will be built specifically to be able to take down other Charizard. So this Charizard, I believe, in the video had Rock Slide, which is a rock move, and Charizard is four times weak against rock because he's fire and flying, and both those uh, types are weak to rock. So what that means is that Rock Slide, in theory, will be a one-hit KO on Charizard. So basically, these battles will be one-move battles. Unless these Pokemon have access to moves they do not uh, originally have access to, let's say, like uh, they give they give these this the AI an unfair advantage and they allow them to have a move that the Pokemon cannot learn. 
if that's not okay. the case, like, what's the point here? Because I'm gonna go into the ba- that battle with Rockslide, and so will he. So it will basically come down to a dice roll. Let's say these Pokemon have perfect stats. It will basically come to okay, we both have the same speed stat dice roll. Who attacks first? Boom, Rockslide. I'm dead. Boom, I attack first. You're dead. That's it. What what's fun in this? And let's say I lose. Can I just rechallenge him right away? Like, what's the point of this? I don't. Of course. I don't get it. If I can't rechallenge it right away, well, I'll probably do what everybody does does in RPGs, and I'll save right before the battle. If I lose, boom, I'll restart. Because what's the challenge here? Like, I I understand that the challenge will well, the hard part is will be the grind of having to grind every single Pokemon to a certain level or whatever the case may be. Because I don't think every master trainer will challenge you to to a battle. I think some of them will have different tasks for you to do. But like that's not difficult. That's just simple to a Pokemon expert. And it's boring as heck to do that. Like, How about instead of 151 master trainers, how about 10? master trainers 10 people scattered around kanto with a full party of six level 100 pokemon full max ivs full stats max stats for me to challenge that's actually something that would be hard would be fun that's the important thing this this was actually would actually be fun and it would be something that us the pokemon experts would want would be excited to do that's something that if you've played pokemon since red and blue when i was 13 years old when that came out and they the the guys who have created the series were probably a lot older than that and are now a lot older they're they're probably have been playing this game since then how come they don't see this like how come they don't understand this series at all like i can see why you would want to target a casual audience because you're seeing the success of Let's Go, uh, of Pokemon Go on the, on, on the mobile, and I still don't know if that mark, per, particular market will buy consoles to play your games, but that's that's a fair enough gamble to take. That's a low risk, high reward scenario. But I am like. I get it. I was a kid when I played this. Most people were kids. This is still a franchise associated with kids. I'm not sure if that's still the case, though. Like, many of us... Like, the gaming community has grown. People who buy consoles now are in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s. It's not like when in the 80s where parents were buying this stuff for their kids. It's not like that anymore. And I would gamble that... The majority of people who buy Pokemon games, maybe not majority, maybe like 40, 50, maybe 60% of them are adults like me who grew up with that and are addicted to that series. And I think they need to pay attention a bit more to us because if they're not careful, and they have, by the way, Pokemon is the best-selling, biggest-grossing franchise ever all media included, including Star Wars. Nothing has ever made as much money as Pokemon. If they're not careful, eventually that will go away. Because people like me will get tired of this. And every year I game less because of I have kids, I have 
adult responsibilities. Every year I game less. Pokemon is the only series that I still put hundreds and hundreds of hours in every year. That that can easily change for me, even for me. So I, I am really afraid of what is happening. And I know you'll say this and you're right that this is not the core game but it could very well become the core game if it sells well and that that's what scares me because if he's already said they're going to go to Joito if this is well received which translate to if this sells well we're going to make a second one in Joito which is where gold and silver and crystal were so yeah I'm not really happy about this and every day I'm hoping for good news with let's go and I'm not getting any well, <clears throat> I'm going to, I I mean, this is one of these things where it's like, I want to just say, like, it's okay if they make a, a new sub-series. I'd be all right with that. Like, if the Let's Go series caters to a different market than your traditional Pokemon, and they announce Pokemon, you know, 75 in um, in a year from now, or like, you know, whatever, next summer, or whenever, whenever they would normally announce it and it's it's basically a continuation of uh ultra sun and moon if they do like in other words like you know with the traditional gameplay mechanics and all that stuff that you love if they do that if they do that then i'd say like okay well you got nothing to fear man because they're just going to diversify their their own market right they'll have like a younger demograph pokemon game and an older demograph pokemon game but i i mean i will not tell you you know, oh, don't worry, it's going to be fine. Because now, I mean, even I, who, like, really, I've, I've been so busy, I haven't paid any attention to, like, virtually any of this stuff, but even I've been hearing some very interesting stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe you do need to worry a little bit now. Because I'm also of the belief that if this does really, really well, and the Pokemon company is not some, like, you know, gargantuan, or Game Freak, rather, is not some gargantuan, you know, company here. So unless they create two teams, one that will work on the quote-unquote traditional Pokemon games, and one team that would work on these, like, new Let's Go games, yeah, I could definitely see alterations being made to to the core Pokemon series. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. I'm really not there yet, but I'm just saying, let's wait and see. And I, the more like you talk about this or the more I read, I'm really of the belief that I don't think this game is going to be for you. I think to, for you, this could very well be the most disappointing Pokemon game ever for you. I, I hope I'm wrong, but the fact that they're, you know, linking this in with so many, you know, so many things that you love about the series, like the original, like, starting area, all the original Pokemon, it's going to be beautiful to see in 3D and all this jazz. It's, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't want to even say that I'm being cautiously optimistic, because I'm not really optimistic. I'm actually of the belief that you're not going to like this at all, but we shall see. Yeah, yeah, we shall see indeed. Like, I, I just don't see what this game will have to offer me after I, I've completed the main story, which should not take take really long. Really, they, like they've removed the uh, catching and fighting wild Pokemon, so it's it's gonna be really really quick. 
and you can't even breed, which is something that I do a lot after the main game. So, yeah. We'll see, but I'm with you. I don't think I'll enjoy this very much. So, what was your topic? Okay, so my topic is something, it's a little bit of a, of a back and forth. It's a little bit of an interactive topic in that I wanted to talk about these rumors that are seeming more and more not like rumors, which is that Nintendo will introduce a new version of the Switch. The only thing that uh, I've been sort of paying attention to is like, you know, it could be like the Switch XL, and I don't mean that as in extra large. I don't mean that. I just mean like some new version of the system that will follow in the footsteps of the 3DS, the Game Boy Advance, and all these things before the DS. In that, it will be like an iterative version of the Switch. So for those that are listening, if you haven't heard about this, it's essentially that. It's going to be like a just new, either new form factor, either, you know, like a higher quality screen and or all these other types of things. But it doesn't change the fact that it still plays the same games. It's not like it's going to be, uh, you know, like a night and day difference. Think of it like the 3DS, the new 3DS in relation to the 3DS. Okay. Now, I mean, I know that might not be a great example because the new 3DS has exclusive games and things like that. But just for the sake of, of this discussion, let's say that it will play all the same games, that like games won't be an issue, okay? So if we were to say that, what I was curious was just what, as someone who has played the Switch quite a lot, what are some of the the features that you would be looking forward to? I, I wanted to hear, hear from you first, and then I, I can chime in, because I have my own sort of ideas. Uh, first off, I just want to mention that if what you're saying is correct and I'm a lot easier with these rumors because what I've been hearing is not just that is that it would be similar to the new 3DS where not exactly every game would be able to work on the new Switch and I I hope that doesn't happen even if it's in 2020 or 2021 like I hope that never happens because this is not like the 3DS even the 3DS is expensive at $200 this is $400 for us, 450 whatever the case may be. So having to buy a new system would be like a bit harder to digest for me if I want to play all the games. But for me, the number one feature that I would like, if this would be like a, a 3DS XL situation or a PlayStation Pro situation, is battery life. Like That's the number one complaint I have with the Switch, is battery life is horrendous compared to what I've been playing. Uh, enjoying with the 3DS and the DS and the Game Boy so basically all the previous portables it's still it's still a bit better than than the PlayStation Vita but not by much depending on what game you have like and I play the majority of my time uh, on portable mode now and like I don't know if I can even get 2 hours out of the system like it's been ridiculous lately and like the last game I was playing was Mega Man 11. That's not necessarily like the most taxing game out there. And it's like I really want like a better battery life. Like I I think the that would really uh, be a good reason to upgrade the system. And it would give me uh, like I would probably uh, consider trading in it, traded trading it in for a new version if it gave me like an extra hour of two or two of battery life. Okay, so that's it for you? Just the battery life? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> for me, there's a couple of things that I've I've wanted with the um 
with a with a switch and it's funny because it's not physical it's like you say for me the the biggest thing has been the battery for sure okay i definitely super agree with that um but it's also been like i i want the system to be able to do a few more things so this is why i'm like i'm not i'm not overly adverse to them, you know, throwing in, like, say, like a, a faster CPU or something like that, so long as it doesn't affect the battery. Because for me, the battery is, like, what's absolutely key. But I, I'm i a fan of Netflix, okay? And I'd love to be able to, like, just switch back and forth. Like, this was... I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was playing the Switch, like, all the time. That was, like, my go-to system. And I, I really... Like when when I didn't have access to the TV or something, I was like, you know, it'd be cool just to watch like, uh, you know, an episode of of something or whatever. And I can't believe that they didn't actually do that. Now, granted, again, the battery right now is its number one enemy. The other thing is the overall design of the the dock and stuff, I think, needs uh, needs a rethink. Because it's not exactly the sexiest looking piece of machinery out there. And I understand the way, like, why they did what they did, where the, the screen overlooks the thing. It's not flush. It's because you actually have to, you know, grab it to take it out. But I'm wondering if they could do something, I don't know, like, just redesign that a little bit. Um, but other than that, I mean, really, the the only complaint that I have with the Switch really is the is the battery. And I know a lot of you guys out there are probably saying like, what are you stupid? Get like an OLED screen and all this jazz. The only thing I have with that is that if they did truly, you know, increase the, the screen resolution and all of that, I just can't see it not affecting the, the battery. I just can't, you know what I mean? And at that point, it's not worth it. It's just not. I, I don't want to sacrifice battery life on a system that, like you said, is more or less the Vita. And the Vita, that was the biggest thing going up against the Vita was its battery. Well, it had a few other things there, but the battery was really poor. And I'm hoping that that's something that they emphasize on, and they 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 really make sure isn't garbage. Because if they if they do anything that shortens the life of the battery, I think we're in very big trouble. And uh, and that's that. Yeah, it's, it's just, I want to say that uh, I don't really understand your argument because Netflix can run on the Switch right now. You don't need a new Switch for that to... to well, they added to, Netflix? No, it, it's not there, but there's nothing that would stop them from adding Netflix to the Switch. Netflix is on 3DS. No, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Need, like, I would don't like... Need to release a new system in 2019. No, 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 for, no. What I was Netflix, getting it doesn't make Okay, sense. so what I was what I was getting at was to make it a more multimedia friendly device. Is basically what I was getting at, like not just Netflix, but that they could do more with it. This is a system that you're taking with you, and I find it really bizarre but that do you think it doesn't they would need have new hardware for that. They wouldn't need it, but it could be an excuse for them to do something like that, like to be like, okay, well, you know, um, we have like a secondary, I, I don't want to talk technical or whatever, but like, in other words, they would reserve certain say power 
or like system um, hardware specifically to allow for smoother transactions through the uh, multimedia. In other words, that you could be playing a game or something and you could switch to, say, Netflix and have that game still suspended and then come back to the game, that kind of stuff. I don't know if the Switch probably could do it, probably. But I'm just saying, like, that I could see them going in a direction like that if this was sort of like the um, the Switch Pro or something like that. But I don't see what I've read online, like, or people are like, oh, 4K and stuff. There's no way. Like, there's just no way. This is a company that right now, like you said, this is a company that says their games are online in 2018 and they're not really online. Like, I, I can't imagine them releasing a 4K version of of the switch i would be shocked i'd be absolutely shocked yeah no I, I i can't really think of anything else they would do uh with a new model that would not defend like be an upgrade like in the sense that it would have exclusive games like it, i don't think they they could afford to release an upgrade to the switch like they did with the new 3ds because when they did that with the new 3DS, they did that like four years into the life system. And the new 3DS, really, if you remove the uh, SNES virtual console stuff, which is incredibly <laughs> stupid because it, the regular 3DS could run those just fine. It's just a weird marketing scheme. They only have, I believe, five exclusive games in its uh, North American library. So... Like that was not that big uh, of an issue, but still, I don't think two years—not even two years—after the system is out, Nintendo could get away with that. And I really hope yeah. they don't. Yeah, no, me, me too. I, I concur. I, I think that would be utterly, honestly—I don't want to say suicide, but it would be very, 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 very foolish if they do something like that. Uh, good luck, guys, because that would be very bizarre. And even if, even if they did increase the power or something like that, I mean, guys, it's not going to transform into a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One. Like, that's not going to happen. And you know that that's not going to happen. So you're taking a huge chance if they do something like that. And I, I, I don't see it. I think this is going to be form factor. But even that, that's why I'm kind of perplexed. Like... What are you going to do? I mean, the Switch is a nice-looking machine, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, some theories over the past have said that maybe they removed the dock. Maybe it's a, a Switch that has the Joy-Cons attached to it, and it's just a portable, like the Switch. Like it would be like a, a bit cheaper version of the, the regular Switch, but it would be a portable version only which means that it would not be able to play certain games but still that that maybe might be a possibility that might like that would make sense for Nintendo but because maybe they would want more people to get one or even some people would get a second switch and have one permanently docked and have one just for uh, something like that so if if they can release a, a switch a $100 cheaper with a better battery that can only play in portable mode like maybe that's a possibility yeah, okay. I, I could see that. That's something I could certainly see. All right, so I guess we shall move on. And if we're going to move on, that means it's all on you. Yeah, yeah. We're down to the last segment of our fanboys, which always end with a blast from the past. 
And today I'm gonna, I've got a very good one today. I'm going to talk about... I had a Game Boy Pocket. I received a Game Boy Pocket like pretty much in the same month Pokemon was released. I have told that story many times, but when I saw the uh, advertisements for Pokemon on TV, I thought that they were... <laughs> the Dunno was selling games that had 150 games in there because I was a, a foolish kid and I've had many... Uh, I've seen many uh, NES multipacks over the years and I never knew that those were not official release, that those were like hacks and stuff people created. I always thought like those were awesome when I was a kid. So I thought, wow, Nintendo's releasing a game with 150 games in it. I want that. So I asked my mom. She got it for me. She got me a Game Boy Pocket. And basically, I played some Game Boy games. And at one point, one of the, the, the kids my mom was babysitting arrived home and he had a Zelda game in his Game Boy. He had the old brick Game Boy with him. And I had no clue. This is 1998, uh, 99, whatever it was. I had no clue there was ever a Zelda game released on the Game Boy. I had, I had no idea. And that fascinated me. I was like, what the heck is this? And I played it. And it was just pure awesome. And that is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. That's my blast from the past today. It just... What a game. They had... Like, Zelda was always a special franchise. It was the only game I ever played with my mom. My mom used to play the NES game with me when I was a kid. And she always loved that game. And to be able to play another Zelda game that played kind of like that, but it was a bit more advanced, basically running on similar hardware, like, was just amazing that game is so awesome i would end up years later buying a game boy color and the legend of zelda links awakening dx just for that and had a blast with that and that's why today that's my blast from the past really really well made portable zelda okay well now you've done it you monster Because this is a game that I can't just be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good one. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. No, this, this, I... Was that released, like, in 92, 93, 94? When was that released? That was released a year after um, A Link to the Past. So, Link to the Past in North America was 92. That would have made that 93. Just just so uh, for maybe a younger audience today that don't realize how that worked, like, like I said, I, I, I found about, I found out about this game in 1998, four years after its original release. That's how times were uh, before the internet, especially for yep. kids like me who don't necessarily like didn't necessarily have consoles when when they were out and stuff like that. I had no idea about this game in 1998. Imagine the surprise like you would have today if tomorrow you find out that one of your favorite franchise legend of zelda has a game on switch you never heard about that that was me in 1998 well i need to to give people a, like a little more history uh i just have to sorry you you have ruined christmas now <laughs> um so basically what i want everyone to understand here is i'm sure you know the lineage of game boy right and if you don't, because I'm sure we have younger listeners here, the original Game Boy was like the fat boy, okay? It was this big, bl- bulky thing with a monochrome, so that means like green, different shades of green and black is essentially what you had. It was significantly weaker than the NES, okay? This is, this is very, very important. It basically ran a graphics calculator processor, okay? Like the NES was like, 
like, you know, say two generations into the future in terms of power. Now, why this is very important for you to understand is because the Game Boy Pocket, which was the first one that we got anyway, of like a, a remodel, was in 1996. Okay? This is very important to understand this. Because that game was released in what year did we say? 93. 93, which means when exactly? Uh, not when, but what exactly was were we playing that game on? Uh, the Super Game Boy, I guess? <laughs> is that what you're coming to? No! Uh, what I'm coming to is we were playing that game on the Fat Boy. Yeah. We were playing this game on the original Game Boy. And a lot of people forget that. A lot of people were like, because it was re-released on the Game Boy Color, a lot of people associate that game with the Game Boy Color. But it was out five years before that, in 1993. And compare that game with the NES version well, not a version, but the NES Legend of Zelda. And it is a significantly better game. It is a better developed. It's, it's, it's the, the stages are, are better. Everything about, uh, sorry, Link's Awakening is better than the original Legend of Zelda in terms of game design and all that jazz. And, I don't think people really truly grasp what a monumental achievement that game was. It, it I, like honestly, of the whole Zelda series, that one is one of the ones that I go to a lot from a technological standpoint to just say how absolutely impressive that game is to this very day you can go ahead and and download it it's available on virtual consoles if you want to emulate it go ahead even though we don't believe in that per se um but check it out and what i'd love you guys to do is go download the original legend of zelda and then check out Link's awakening and you tell me which one of those games plays better is smoother has more features and all this sort of jazz and then Tell yourself that Link's Awakening was released on a platform significantly weaker than the original Legend of Zelda. And I, I can't... Like, it just blows my mind, man. Yeah, I, I knew that the Game Boy was weaker than the NES, but I did not know that it was significant or that significant. Yeah, it was significantly weaker. And if you want to check out, just go ahead and check out, like, say, Castlevania 2, okay? Like, Castlevania Adventure 2. Check out that game, and then go back and play Castlevania on the NES, and you'll see it. Yeah, well, you, now, you can also all... say Super Mario Land <laughs> and Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, thank you. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was it was weird because it was like there were certain games that I don't I don't understand like how they were able to do what they did and Link's Awakening is like the game that is the one game that I go to where I just scratch my head and I'm like I don't understand how this is possible like and, and I still don't I still have no idea how Nintendo made that game on the original Fat Boy Game Boy I I don't get it 
Yeah, and I, 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 I was just like Marvel in 1998 when someone bring brought me this black and white Zelda game that I never heard about, and that that it played like like I said, it played better than the original Zelda. So I was just like, wow. Like to the point yeah. where I thought this was a sequel to uh, a Link to the Past because I had played a yeah. Link to the Past at that point, but I didn't. Yeah. Like, of course, this is not a sequel, but for me, 1998, dumb Steven, like, what the heck was that? This was incredible for me. Well, dude, I to this day consider it a sequel to a Link to the Past. I still do. I consider this because it came out the year after. And it was a real main installment in the Zelda series. It really was. And to think that there, there, we'll never have another time like this, eh? It's, it's like it's never going to happen. I feel sorry for all of you guys that missed this because it's just never going to happen again. I mean, we went from A Link to the Past to um, Link's Awakening to Ocarina of Time. Like, talk about a WTF. Like, I, I'll never forget that. Like, that's when Zelda really became my, like, my series. Was when it was just like, well, it could do no wrong, you know? It's like you release a, a Super Nintendo game and you release, like, the best Super Nintendo game. You release a Game Boy game and to me, it was, like, the best Game Boy game. And I wasn't even a Game Boy player at that point in time. And I was like, this is just, is just incredible. And then you release... Like, one of the greatest 3D games ever made. And I was just like, well, like, this is it, you know? Like, really, this is it. This is this is incredible. So, anyways, that's it. I just wanted to, to mention well, that. I had to mention very, that because... Uh, very appreciate that. The, uh, that I actually learned a few things here. So, that's ni- that's nice. So, you want to end this? Sure thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. As usual, we always post our podcasts on iTunes and other podcast services as soon as Stephen uploads his file, which usually takes six days. And they, they always give on YouTube every second Sunday. We alternate between Canadian gamers and Nintendo fanboys. And with that, I shall say thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next time.